0: Voice of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan takes a look at the Palm Sunday story. On Palm Sunday, Jesus had a plot twist that no one saw coming. It comes from John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. We have a... A series we've been going through the book of John together through Lent. And uh, today, what I want to talk to you about is Palm Sunday, of course, as we had the palms here with the kids coming up and waving them. That's one of our favorite uh, views of the Easter season uh, because we just want to pinch their cheeks, all of them. But it points to a story that happens in Scripture that we talk about every single year at this time. And so sometimes we get too used to these stories and think we know what it means, that we kind of forget when it should surprise us. So, plot twist. How many of you have experienced this in any kind of book or movie or anything you've seen, or maybe even your life? Have you experienced a plot twist? Yes. So a plot twist, the definition of it is a technique that introduces a radical change in the direction or expected outcome of the plot. So you think it's going one way and then something's revealed and either it recontextualizes everything in that story or it just sends the story on a completely different route than you expected. Some of the biggest ones, uh, earliest ones, I can remember in my own life, especially with movies, since I love movies, would have to be one of them is The Sixth Sense. All right, so I just want to say, I'm going to maybe spoil these movies that are like 25 to 30 years old. So if you haven't seen them and you're spoiled today, I'm sorry, but you've had time. All right? So (laughs) The Sixth Sense. we, we have, uh, after a home invasion, Dr. Malcolm Crow, a child psychologist, returns to work by attempting to help a young boy who sees the dead. And so this whole movie, he's trying to help this boy, and you know, it's kind of a scary movie, uh, but at the end, it's then revealed that he is actually dead and he died in his home invasion. And so he discovers at the end that he's, the, the child can only see him because he's dead. So that changes almost everything in the story up until that moment that you go back, and if you watch it a second time, you're like, you see all these little details, right? And then probably one of the most famous ones of all time <laughs> is Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. As the Rebel Alliance runs from Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker trains to become a Jedi Knight. And then in this this twist, this plot twist in the movie, you find out, uh, up until then, you thought that Uh, Darth Vader had killed Luke's father, that's what Luke thought, but then he finds out Vader is his father. There you go, yes. Now, if you didn't know that, I don't know if there's, uh, I don't know how to help you. So, our scripture for today kind of introduces a similar plot twist to the story that uh, the people who are welcoming Jesus in for the triumphal entry with the palm leaves, what the narrative they're thinking of, Jesus is giving a plot twist to it. And also I think Jesus is giving the same plot twist to us today. Because we all seem to view power the same way. You view power and winning and control triumphalism all that we view it the same way as people did back then here's the expected plot jesus was arriving in jerusalem to lead a revolution that would overthrow the roman empire and free the people of israel we see this in different ways from the people because the palm branches for one this symbol equals victory it was uh in the israelites history It was these palm leaves that were used as markers of victory and celebration in past wars and battles that they had fought. And so they were waving these, saying, this is it, we're going to have victory, Jesus is going to defeat the Roman Empire, we're going to be free, we're no longer going to have to be worried about being oppressed by this regime. All right? And then also they say, Hosanna, which is translated to save us. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, save us is the translation for that. Both in Hebrew and Aramaic, it means that save us, please, and it can be used both as a petition and as a joyous outcry as we see in this story for today. So their idea of victory and winning was rooted in power and strength and overthrowing your enemies. And so much of our own understanding about Power comes from who wins. Everything we have is based on that. Who is going to win and who is going to hold the power and control? And for us, strong men are often the ones we are hailed as our saviors. People that we believe that they don't care about what anybody thinks, they're just going to do what they think is right, even if it's at the detriment of everybody else. That's what we view as a true good leader in our culture people that have no problem using force to get their way. And now, not just the crowd in the story, not just us now, but also the disciples at the time thought this too, that Jesus was going to lead this victorious battle. And then even the religious authorities at the time, and the scripture they had said, um, they argued, if we let him go on like this, the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. They see Jesus as this pretender warrior king idea who would surely lose a war with Rome if he started it. And so then they would be caught up in that and it would be non-beneficial to them. So what did they use then to stop Jesus? They used power, influence, and violence. They believe they won in this way by arresting Jesus and getting him crucified. So these are the ideas that we have of what it means to be powerful, to win, to uh, have control. Now, a particular person comes to mind when we think of a strong man or, or maybe the ideal leader that we think of in our, in our culture. And I would say it's particularly this man. A lot of people hold this kind of idea, not just of masculinity, but just of, of leadership and, and being the cowboy, being the one that does the right thing, they equate it with John Wayne. A strong man sits tall in the saddle, who isn't afraid to resort to violence to bring order, who protects those deemed worthy of protection, who won't let political correctness get in the way of saying what has to be said, or the norms of society keeping him from doing what needs to be done. That's kind of what I think John Wayne encapsulates for us as this ideal leader, this ideal um, idea of strength. I think Christian Christianity, especially America, has kind of fallen into this narrative. We need to use power and control to influence legislation that will force people to be like us and live by our rules. We need to win in order for God to be glorified and to establish the kingdom of God. And whether you're conservative or liberal, we wield faith as a weapon in a fight to save the soul of our country. We both do it. Each side does it. We try to wield it in different ways to gain our power and control. So it's a human condition to seek this control, to seek our own destiny, to create order in our universe, to avoid pain at all costs. And even at the expense of others, we protect ourselves. Now, part of this John Wayne thing is Now, I don't know what movie this is from. You could tell me, but (laughs) That, that is leadership. (laughs) This is another one. Never apologize, mister. It's a sign of weakness. We've gotten that in our head over time, right? never apologize because that shows that you're weak and you've done something wrong. Always show strength. So this is the way that we believe leadership and power and winning happens now and when Jesus was alive. So on the actual Palm Sunday and today, uh, this is where our narrative is going that we think this Messiah is going to overthrow the powers that be so that we can finally be free, and we'll even do this to the point of resorting to violence if necessary. But Jesus had a plot twist. Back in Zechariah 9, 9, in the Old Testament, it says, Your king comes sitting on a donkey's colt. He does not come on a chariot or a war horse. So here, Jesus, after being hailed, as the coming one, as the Messiah, the King of Israel, finds a young donkey and rides it into Jerusalem. This is very subtle, but this is a way that Jesus is showing them this is not going to go the way, the way you think it's going to go. I'm not riding on that war horse. I'm not riding on a chariot. I'm riding on a donkey. A donkey, that is, can be stubborn. Donkeys are good service animals. Donkeys have uh, perseverance. He does this to correct the misconceptions of the authorities and the crowds and to declare what kind of king he actually is. So when we declare, and, and they did at this time, uh, that we declare a rival of a savior, it tends to be a savior in our own design. It tends to be the person that we think is going to save us, that we believe should This is the way they should save us. We misunderstand the kingdom, still mistake its coming, and still we do not know what we do. It's when Jesus on the cross says, forgive them, Father, they do not know what they do. We are constantly in that state of mind. We don't know what we're doing. We think we're doing the right things at times when we're doing the wrong things. Judith Judith M. McDaniel said, we look for a crown while we have been given a cross. And this can disturb people because the cross and what Jesus went through doesn't seem like it's all that winning, powerful. It's something we certainly don't want to do. We don't want to follow that path. We try to avoid all of that pain and self-sacrifice at any cost. But Jesus wins by losing. Jesus defeats death by dying. Jesus is doing the exact opposite of what everybody thought he was supposed to do. The kingdom of God and the way of Jesus is about self-denial, sacrifice for the good of others, which ultimately points people towards God. Those are the things that people look for. We, We talk... A lot of times we kind of idealize stuff that Jesus says or does, or even the Bible, that we're like, yeah, that sounds nice, but that's not really reality. We never take it as practical advice in our world of how to live, how to govern, how to treat each other, how to have relationships. We just think, oh, that's nice that Jesus said that, but we can't really do that. We get caught up in that a lot. But Jesus' passion proclaims that the power of evil will not be matched by an equal display of destroying power, but will be ultimately overcome and swallowed up by good. That the continued persistent work of good, of love, that's the thing that's going to change everything. That's the thing that introduces the kingdom of God here and now. It's not fighting fire with fire. It's not Uh, destroying because somebody destroyed something of yours. It is doing the opposite. The kingdom of God that Jesus is proclaiming, that is at hand, is a kingdom of service and sacrifice. It's not a political victory. It is a promise of victorious, abundant life now. That if we let go of all those things that we feel like we have to have power and control over, we can truly find freedom and we can find the kingdom of God in our midst, where we are helping others, caring for others more than ourselves, that we won't have war or injustice. There will be no hunger, no fear of the other, no fear of loss of position, power, or prestige. In this kingdom, evil is overcome by devotion to others and self-denial. In this kingdom, people are not valued for their strength, or physical appearance, social rank, or having the right beliefs. They're valued because they're unique and that uniqueness is from God. In this kingdom we discover the origin of love and service to others and that origin is God. So this is the plot twist that Jesus gives. That instead of this, this show of strength that everybody thought was gonna happen, that you know, the fireworks gonna, were gonna go off, Instead, Jesus becomes humiliated, humbled, beaten, and crucified. And we all know the confusion of the disciples afterwards, that it was like, what happened? You know, they all scattered, they hid. Their their Messiah, who they thought was going to bring them victory, had died. But it wasn't the type of victory that God was looking for. It was the victory they're looking for the one that they were creating in their own image. So this Palm Sunday, my question for you, uh, for you as individuals, um, is where can Jesus give you a plot twist in your story? What's something in your life that maybe unexpectedly needs to change? Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a belief. Maybe it's actions towards your loved ones. But where can Jesus give you this plot twist in your own story where all of a sudden things are changing? And what expectations of Jesus need to be challenged in you? Because we create Jesus into our own image all the time. We create uh, all kinds of paintings of Jesus. I mean, this is, this is probably a pet peeve of a lot of uh, pastors, but the fact that most images of Jesus are of a white Jesus, when Jesus in fact was not white. But we create Jesus into our own image all the time. So what expectations of Jesus need to be challenged in you? Is your faith based on just being on the winning side, that, that you get to be the one that can sit back and say, well, we're all good now because the people I agree with, the people I really love, that my tribe is in control, so I'm good. Do you believe that your faith has to be enforced in order to bring the kingdom of God here and now? Or is it more of relationships with others? A couple of weeks ago, we had theology on tap, and uh, someone had said that they, you know, preaching they don't care for preaching all that much, all right? I'm looking for them, All right. <laughs> Just made eye contact. All right, so, um, which I understand as a pastor, because preaching has been used to be wielded in unholy ways. And we forget that preaching is actually for the teaching and encouragement for the people of God that are here, right? That it's for that, to encourage you to go out and be more like Jesus every day. But preaching doesn't always work so much to change people's hearts to God. That's relationships. That's the way that Jesus lived and how Jesus helped people and their needs first and then said, go and sin no more. Jesus didn't sit there and preach at people all the time. Preaching is better for teaching and encouraging, not to convert people, not to enforce your faith on others in order to bring the kingdom of God here and now. So we make choices every day. We make choices since the moment we wake up. And we can make the choice that we want to continue a violent narrative of our human condition or decide to create heaven on earth through the path of Jesus, of emptying ourselves and service to others. One gives us the never-ending cycle of violence that continues and continues where no one really wins even though we think we do. We only win for a certain amount of time. The other ultimately defeats evil with the consistent work of goodness and love. I think that's what really gets us in images from the war in Ukraine when you see people doing good that are consistently helping others. We think of that, people like Mother Teresa, we look up to them, we're like, oh, it's it's so good that they just serve others but I could never do that, right? That's the next thought of like, oh, I could never do that. That's why I respect it so much. But in fact, you can. You don't have to do it at the same degree as somebody like Mother Teresa, but, but you can do good in the world, that you can have self-sacrifice in your life for your family, your kids, your loved ones, your spouse, even complete strangers. So ultimately, evil Is defeated with a consistent work of goodness and love." And so the quote here says, this is how you remember God. You bless those who need it the most in the same way that God blessed you when you needed it the most. What are the times in your life where you felt blessed, where you felt close to God, where you felt somebody helped you in a time of need? And find ways to do that same thing for others. And that's how God is revealed To people. So Palm Sunday is not the story of Jesus saving us from Rome, from Democrats, from Republicans, or from whoever we deem our enemies in this world today, and we can have our pick of enemies. We're constantly picking and choosing who we deem to be bad for society and who are bad for us. You can have your pick. But it's Jesus who is saving us from ourselves, our human condition to continue our cycles of violence, intolerance, and hate. And that's the plot twist that Jesus gave us. That you no longer have to do those things. I'm taking that all on. You no longer have to hate each other. You don't have to blame each other. You don't have to keep this cycle of violence going because I'm ending it with my death. But yet, it seems like a drug that we can't let go of. We just want to keep it. Plot twist that God gives us is the kingdom of God does not come out of power, control, strength, or winning. It comes out of the humble obedience of giving yourself for the good of others. And that is so countercultural. That is so countercultural not only to us now, then, in the future. Even for us as Christians, who we have been steeped in this our whole lives, we still haven't totally caught on to that. Because Palm Sunday, we often celebrate this idea that Jesus has come and has conquered all, which did happen, but not in the way we think it did, or not the way we hoped it would be. So now for you this week, may you be humble and obedient and giving yourself for the good of others so that others can see the true victory that happened on Palm Sunday. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.